0: So pray for us with that. I want to say um, that's basically it. The SOZO, if you sign up for SOZO, we need your application back. We'll be con- we, we've got about six applications in. And so we, we will begin SOZO sessions January 12th. So every Tuesday or Thursday, there will be a SOZO session. Mandy and I are doing Tuesday nights. Vanessa and Michelle are doing Thursday nights, I believe. We'll, we'll work it all out. Anyway, uh, are doing Thursday nights, and it'll be from 7.30 to 9. We'll be very strict with our time. We won't start late. We won't end late. We're starting at 7.30, and we'll end at 9 o'clock because um, this doesn't need to drag on and be a whole long, you know, 10-hour session. We can address these as we go, but starting January 12th. So if you haven't turned an application in, we need that because that's how we're setting and assigning your days. Um, and... and um, what we'll also do is we'll have on the website under Sozo Ministry, we'll have a calendar too where you can look and see where your day is and all that kind of stuff. I want to say what's up to Mike and Miriam. Oh, what's up? What's up, man? <laughs> and the baby, will you stand? Let everyone see? Look at that hair. Woo! It's beautiful. I think we need to put a $5 bill on them too and, and, and bless them with money, right? Yeah? I say we just stop right now and do that and take money to them, yeah, and to bless them. Yeah, this is, dude, it's fun. It's like we're the grandparents, right? we want to bless the kids, pull them and send them home. So we can, you're not going to bother me. You can just go to them and drop money in their lap, and that's how we do it, right? <laughs> Vera's like, I'm going to charge a finding fee. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about right there. You know how you break, do what? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) he's already telling them what they're doing with their money. (laughs) How do you break a, a spirit of poverty or a spirit of lack or a spirit of need? Generosity. Did everyone hear that? The way you overcome a spirit come in the come in, in the opposite spirit. So if there is sorrow in your life, then you've got to add some joy somewhere. You've got to find joy in something, right? If there's frustration, then you've got, to, you've got to have peace come into your life. If there's lack or need or financial distress, you have to be generous. That means don't tip less. It means tip more. When you're in need, don't tip less when you go to a restaurant. Tip more. Everyone hear that? This is That's good stuff right there. This is the stuff we'll be doing in the discipleship, but don't tip less when you're in need. Don't be less generous because you're in need. You're like, oh, I withdraw within myself. That's when you have to be generous. It doesn't mean stupid, but it means to be generous, right? Amen? So that's for free. That That's not anywhere on our topic. But, Lord, we thank you for today. I thank you for all the people in our church, God. There are gifts given to us, and we thank you for them. I pray that that we would just speak into their hearts what they need to hear today, that as a church we would become everything you said we could be, that we would be beautiful without spot, without wrinkle, without flaw, that we would be whole and complete, not lacking anything, God. And so I ask that your word would come today and bring life to us, because your word is spirit and it's life. The words you say make us come alive. So I ask that as I speak today that we would hear your voice, Lord, that we would come alive in every way, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to talk about our theme. We have a whole theme for the new season uh, for this year, and I'll go ahead and just tell you what the theme is. It's to execute justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. The whole year you're going to hear that as a theme. as something that we talk about. We mix it in here and there. We'll also do monthly themes. Uh, The month of January's theme is Arise, Shine. Um, And so uh, you'll be hearing next week, you'll hear a whole lot on the Arise Shine campaign. But the main thing I want you to hear is say it with me. Execute justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. And um, we'll explain that uh, here here in a little bit. But execute justice doesn't mean punish people or give them what they deserve. It means to make wrong things right. And uh, we'll get more into that. Uh, If you have your Bibles, open up to Mark chapter 9, verse 14. I want to read a story. There's a lot of scripture I'm going to read today, um, but, you know, it's better me reading the scripture than say my words. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) So Mark nine, verse 14 is where we'll start. And, um, you know, it's a new season for our church. It's not just a new year. The calendar flips. It's still we still wake up. We still go to sleep. The sun still rises. The moon still comes up at night. It's still a day. It's another day. You know, have you ever felt that way? Like, Why does everyone get crazy about a new year? It's just another day. What makes it different than December 31st, 09? Uh, you know, it is different. There is something that happens in people that feel like, hey, it's a fresh start. How many of you, ever, you were a little kid and you were playing a game with someone better than you or older than you and they were beating you and you always said, I want to do over. Let's start over. All right? There's still that thing inside of us. When things are not exactly the way we want them to be or things are frustrating, we want to call do-over, all right? And, and it's still in us. It's still in our nature. It's like we just want to start over again. Um, let's begin all over. And so that, that's a hopeful thing. It's not a negative thing. And so as a church, we're in a new season. We're not saying we didn't enjoy where we came from, amen? We're just saying that we know there's more out there, amen? So Mark chapter 9, verse 14 And I'm going to read uh, quite a bit of scripture. It says, they came to the other disciples and they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder wonder, and ran to greet him. What are you arguing about with him? He asked. A man in the crowd answered, said, teacher, I brought my son to, um, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of his speech. And it grabs him, and it seizes him, and it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth. He gnashes his teeth, and he becomes becomes stiff. And I ask your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they couldn't do it. And Jesus says, oh, unbelieving generation, how long will I stay with you? How long should I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him to Jesus. When the spirit saw Jesus coming, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. So Jesus looked to his father and said, how long has he been like this? And the father said, since childhood. It often throws him into fire or water trying to kill him. But if you can do anything, will you take pity on us? If you can do anything, have mercy on us. Have pity on us. And Jesus says, if you can. Do you know who you're talking to here, right? Everything is possible for him who believes. Why don't you say that? Everything is possible to them who believes. And says so immediately the boy screamed out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. What a good statement. I do. I really want to believe. I do want to believe. Right now I believe, but next second I won't believe. Help me, right? And Jesus says to him, <laughs> he looks at the crowd. They're running to the scene. And he says to the, to the spirit, you deaf and mute spirit, I command you to come out of him and never return again. The spirit shrieked convulsed violently and the boy looked like he was dead like he was a corpse many people said he's dead Jesus killed him you know right but Jesus takes him by the hand and lifts him from the ground to his feet and the boy stood up and he was completely well Amen. and then verse 28 says and Jesus had gone indoors with his disciples and they pulled him away privately I'm going to give this my version here they pulled him away privately say hey Jesus what's up with that man we prayed for him we did the things you told us to do nothing happened to him how come you could do this and we couldn't do it and jesus said to him this kind can only come out by prayer and fasting why don't you say that with me this kind can only come out by prayer and fasting now the season that we're entering into we're going to face obstacles that can only change by prayer and fasting and you're thinking oh great we're going to have to give up food or television. Today I'm going to define for you through scripture what true fasting is, and it's not what we always think it is. It's not just giving up something to get God's attention. That's not what fasting is. So so we're going to face obstacles, and for our church to go to the next level and what I feel the Lord is calling us to, to see the supernatural take place, it can't Go. We can't go by what we did yesterday. We talked about it last week. What got us to this point won't get us to the next point. What got us through the moment we're in now, what what saved our soul, what was food for us spiritually that brought us to who we are in Christ now will not sustain us in the next place that we're going to. It's not enough. As a church, the history of this church is 30 or 40 years old. The history of this church, the things we've experienced, the things we've learned, the things we've gone through, even the people we don't even, haven't even met that started this church, the things they fought for won't get us to where we're going to the next level. It's not enough. We have to step it up now. This kind that we're about to confront, these, these obstacles that we're going to face this next year, and I don't think that bad things are going to happen to us. I'm saying as we go out and as we're the light in the darkness, we're going to confront darkness. And these kind, these things that we're going to face this next year will only come out by prayer and fasting. We have to be a church that prays. Before I get into what, what you know, the main, the main topic that I want to talk about is we have to church be a church that learns to pray and seek God's face. Amen. And, and like Vanessa was saying, not just passing prayers, which are great. Keep doing those. They build relationship. But I mean those where we get down and we hear the heart of God and he hears our heart. And we share. And we exchange ideas and thoughts back, to, back and forth with one another. And we say, Lord, what's your will for this thing? And we pray for his will. That's what I mean by prayer. Prayer is getting the heart of God on a matter and saying it with our mouth. Amen? So we've got to be people of prayer. And we've got to be people that fast. I think that it's important we live a fasted lifestyle. I believe that it's something that we've got to do. It's something we've got to discipline ourselves to do where we do give up a meal a day or a meal, one meal a week or whatever it is the Lord tells you to do. Maybe it's turn the television off every Tuesday night or whatever the most boring night to watch TV is. <laughs> Just <like laughs> Turn the TV off, right? And, or whatever the Lord asks you to do. Maybe there's something you really love that, that, that's maybe it's turn Facebook off or whatever for a whole week, whatever it is, the Lord's going to talk to us. I believe we need to do that. Because whenever Jesus was on the scene, whenever something happened, he didn't take time out and so, say, wait, i got to go fast, and i got to go pray, because this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. Hold on. Let me go. What can I do without right now? Um, I'll do without sweets. He didn't do that. He lived a lifestyle where he fasted. He lived a lifestyle where at any moment, at any time, wherever he was, he could say, hey, disciples, I love you guys. See you later. i got to go be with my father. And he would disappear. And the Bible says he'd go off to the mountain, and he would spend time with the Lord. And he would fast. And he would, it, it, it's a submission thing. It's bringing our body in control. Why is fasting so important? The fasting that we always know about and talk about. Because it's our spirit man dictating to our flesh what's going to go down. <laughs> it's our spirit man saying, no, I'm stronger than the flesh. And it's how we become stronger in the spirit. Where the spirit becomes so strong, the flesh becomes weak, right? And that's what true fasting is really about. it <laughs> It's, it's not just, I'm doing without something to get God's attention. It's me bringing my body under submission to the Spirit. Amen? Does everyone understand that? So this season that we're coming into, we've got to pray more and we've got to fast. It's something we have to do. All right? Um, this boy needed help that the disciples couldn't, couldn't do for him. They couldn't do it right in that moment. They had to learn that there was another level. That there was another level of ministry that they needed to go into. You see, the man brought his son to people that had a reputation of helping. I want you to listen to this. The man brought his son who he had no hope, he had no answers any longer for his son's health. He had no, he had, he had extended every bit of his resources to help his son, there was nothing left to do. He brought him to the one place that he knew it had a reputation of people's lives being changed. And he brought them to them and they still couldn't do anything for him. The world right now is like this father. They've been bringing their broken kids, their broken marriages, their broken hearts, their sick bodies to a church and saying, hey, you've got a reputation of healing, of making things better, of making things right. And we've prayed for them and we've fasted and we've done whatever we knew to do in our terms of what fasting was and nothing happened. And the world is going, Jesus, if you can, can you do something? And this season is going to be a time where our church steps into where we meet the need. We're going to step up to the challenge. I'm tired of turning people away without the answer. I'm unwilling as a church to move forward without seeing supernatural things take place. I'm unwilling. And it starts in me. I know that. It starts with me. I've got to pray for more people. I've got to see stuff happen with my hands. I pray that every day, Lord, my hands have to heal the sick. I have to say words that heal marriages, Lord. I have to see it. If I don't, I'm dying. (laughs) And as a church, we're going to move into that, where the darkness bows to the light in Jesus' name. And the only way we can go there is to do it through prayer and fasting. In Isaiah chapter 58, it defines what true fasting is. I'm going to read a lot of it. It tells us what true fasting is. Isaiah chapter 58, and we're going to start with verse 2. And the, a- the actual title over this that man put in later says, True Fasting, what it really means to fast. Huh. Isaiah 58, verse 2. It says, Day after day, this is God speaking, he says, They seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways, as if they were a nation that does what is Right. And have not forsaken the commands of God. They ask me for just decisions. They seem eager for God to come near them. Why, why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you haven't noticed it? Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please. You exploit your workers. Your fasting ends in quarrels and strife. Please listen to all this. This is so good, all right? You strike one another with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard in heaven. Is this the kind of fast that I have chosen? That only for a day a man humbles himself? Or is it that only bowing one's head like a reed as for, and lying in sackcloth and ashes, that, that that's what the fast that you think I call acceptable? He says, this, is this not the kind of fasting I have chosen? And he tells us what true fasting is. And listen to this. This is what we have to be as a church to loosen the chains of injustice, to untie cords that bind people, to set the oppressed free, to break every yoke of bondage. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with a shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. And in verse 8, it says, then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. Your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your guard and your rear guard. It says, then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and and He will say, here I am. (laughs) If you do away with the yoke of oppression, and pointing fingers at one another, and malicious talk, And if you spin yourself on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in darkness and your night will become like noonday. The Lord will guide your ways. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be a well-watered garden like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild ancient ruins and will raise up old foundations. You will... Uh, You will be called repairer of broken walls. That will be your name. Restorer of streets with dwellings. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath, from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and doing as you please and speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the heights of the land. And to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. This is what true fasting is. So when Jesus came and he told the disciples, hey, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. Do you know what he was telling them? This kind only comes out by having compassion on people in need. Not just fasting and doing without food. Not just doing without something to get closer to God or, just, or to bring your body under submission. But this is real fasting. It's when you do that, but when you take the money you save from not eating, and you take that money and give it to someone who doesn't have money. This is true fasting. We do without food for a day as a family. We take the 20 or $30 we would have spent that day on food, and we give it to someone who doesn't have food. That's true Fasting. Why? Because fasting has to meet compassion. It has to meet mercy. Amen? Does everyone understand that? This is what he's calling us to as a church. Not to just say, oh, we hope that you feel better. We hope that you do better. Jesus said, I was naked and you clothed me. I was thirsty, you gave me a drink. like, when did that happen? He's like, if you do it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. Amen? The Lord's calling us as a church to step it up. Why? Because we're going to see results. We're going to see things happen that we never thought would happen. And it only happens through prayer and fasting. I love verse 8 and verse 10. It says, your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. And then in verse 10, it says, your light will rise from darkness. Your nighttime will be like the (laughs) noonday. So even in the middle of the night, the light will shine very brightly wherever you go if you do the things that are broken down in this passage. Everyone okay? And then we'll close this out with Micah chapter 6. And this is the theme Micah chapter 6, verses 6 through 8. He says, With what should I come before the Lord and bow down and exalt him? Should I come with burnt offerings or with calves a year old? Will the Lord be blessed with a thousand rams or with 10,000 rivers of oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, for the fruit of my body? Uh, for the sin of my soul, and then this is verse 8, Micah 6 verse 8, and this is our theme, he has shown you, O man, what is good, and what the Lord requires of you, to execute justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God, everyone okay, this is our theme, in the context of everything we just said, let's break that down, execute justice, what does that mean, make wrong things right, What what did the Lord equip us with so that we could do that? What? Conviction. Love. What ministry did He give us? The ministry of reconciliation. He says, execute justice, make wrong things right. When you see something that's just wrong, make it right. Well, how do I make it right? You have inside of you the ministry of reconciliation. He gave you the gift when you said yes to him. The gift of, minis- the gift of reconciliation came inside of you, and it's in you. You just have to learn how to, how to make it happen. You just have to learn how to access it. That comes through, through spending time with him, being, being close with him. So execute justice, to make wrong things right. And he says to love mercy. And this is what we've been talking about a lot today. But Jesus did the, the miraculous things he did because he had compassion on people. He didn't look at them with pity. Oh, I hate to hear about your father. I hate to hear about what's going on with your family. That's pity. I'm convicting myself right now. Compassion is moving from pity into action. And now I'm not just going to feel bad that this is going, that you're going through this. I'm not just going to feel bad that this is happening to you. Now I'm going to touch heaven for you. I'm going to stand with you. We're going to ask the Lord to change this because in heaven there's no cancer. In heaven there's no family crisis. In heaven things are perfect. There's peace. There's joy. There's everything we need It's in heaven. And you know what? You're not experiencing it right now. I'm going to stand with you as a bridge between heaven and earth. And we're going to call down the things that are not as though they are. We're going, to, we're going to begin to declare God's will on earth as it is in heaven. That's compassion. And then not just saying a prayer, but then fulfilling the need. It's like someone, someone doesn't have any clothes and we go and pray for them to have more clothes. But we've got a closet full that we don't wear anymore. He's like, don't just pray for them and say, God bless you and send you on your way. This is from the New Testament. Don't just do that. Give them something to eat. Give them something to wear. That's called Compassion. Do you know that we will never see a miracle if we don't first feel compassion? This is the truth. If I'm not moved to to a place of compassion for somebody, if my heart doesn't break for somebody to where I'm like, this is not right. This is an injustice. This isn't right between heaven and earth. Earth is not matching up with heaven. If that doesn't take place inside of me, I will never see a miraculous thing take place. That's, that's the biblical truth. Watch Jesus. The Bible says he healed them because he had compassion on them. The Bible says Jesus was moved with compassion, so he healed all the sick people. He couldn't stand to be in a room with someone who was sick. It broke his heart. He couldn't stand there. I, could, I can't even imagine what he felt. I pray that we begin to feel what he felt. When he walked into a room and someone had a broken heart, his heart would crumble inside of him. And he couldn't do anything but help them. Nothing else mattered. It didn't matter if, the, the, if the, the, the bills were paid. It didn't matter if he was in the right location. Nothing mattered in that moment but what that person needed because he knew he had access to a realm that was superior to what they were experiencing. And he couldn't go another second and let them be in pain. Jesus, most of the time, healed everybody and delivered everybody before he ever preached the gospel. You know, I believe that he did that because he... He didn't want them to wait till the end of a sermon. He didn't want them to hurt for 30 more minutes as he spoke. Oh, Listen to this. He didn't want them to be in pain or have, have mental anguish for another hour as he told them about the things of the kingdom. No, he wanted them to, to be delivered and set free so that in joy and with a happy heart and a light heart, they could hear the gospel and hear it gladly. The church this year, we're moving from, from this type of, of ministry. We have to. It's no longer okay anymore. We've already tasted of the promised land. We've already seen miracles take place. How many have ever seen this last year? You saw miracles or things out of nowhere. God blessed you, and you didn't know how it was going to happen. Or he did literally a miraculous thing for someone. We've already tasted the fruit of the new land. We've already tasted the fruit of the promised land. You know, the, the sermon we did on transitions, it says that once the Israelites took of the fruit of, of the promised land. It was over. The manna stopped. <laughs> We've already tasted of the new season. We've already tasted the supernatural. Now what sustained us and what got us through doesn't feed us anymore. It's, it's over. It's a new season. Now the only thing that's going to satisfy us is to see more supernatural things take place. This is a season of the supernatural for us as a church. What I mean by that is I believe blind eyes can be opened. I believe deaf, deaf ears are going to be uh, unstopped. I believe lame people are going to walk. I believe that with all my heart. But I also believe people that can't find jobs are going to find jobs. I also believe people that have marital issues and, and for some reason they go from marriage to marriage and nothing seems to work and they're on their last straw. I believe that we're going to have answers for them. That's supernatural. I think the biggest miracle on the face of the earth is changing a man or a woman's heart. We've got our mind made up, I hate this man, I hate this woman, or I don't like this thing. And God comes in and softens our heart towards them. That's the greatest miracle that there could be, where the will of man melts before the presence of God. And that's where we're going as a church. It's no longer okay to just do church. I'm not satisfied with just doing church. I've been in church my whole life, and it doesn't do a thing for me. Do I, do I enjoy singing and worshiping and being here together? I love the fellowship. I, I do. But it does not sustain me. It doesn't build strength or muscle in, me, in my spirit, man. The only thing that's going to make us happy is to do the will of the Father. And that's to do the things Jesus did in greater things. Jesus said this. <laughs> They're like, uh, what kind of food are you talking about? He's like, I have food you don't even know about. they're like, what are you talking about? You have food we don't know about. He says, my food is to do the will of the one who sent me. (laughs) He was telling them, hey, all this stuff you've seen comes from what I'm about to tell you. What sustains me? What drives me? What motivates me? What makes me happiest is doing the will of the Father. What's the will of the Father on earth as it is in heaven? It's really simple. Lord, what's your will on earth as it is in heaven? Picture heaven in your mind, not the gold streets. (laughs) I love it when they talk about gold is such a commodity in heaven it's not worth a whole lot that they pave their roads with it. That's how rich heaven is. (laughs) They pave their roads with it. But in heaven, there's peace. The Bible says that in his his presence is fullness of joy. There's everything that we need is in his right hand. Amen? So this year when we confront a father who brings his son to us and he has no answers, I don't want to be like the disciples and pray for him and bless him and see see you on your way, hope your kid gets better. I don't want to do that. I want us in our prayer closet to go before the father and say, Lord, how come when you pray for people, they get healed? But when I pray for them, nothing's happened. How come so-and-so is filled with depression, and I can't help him to be free? In our prayer closet, to ask those questions, it's okay to ask those questions. It's a, I really think it's good for us to ask those questions. God, how come I'm not doing what you told me I could do? Because he'll answer us, he'll tell us, and not in a way he's like, oh, you're a moron, you're an idiot. <laughs> the Bible says that, hey, come let us reason together. Though your sins are scarlet, they'll be white as snow. It kind of shows us a biblical principle, a kingdom principle on how we can approach the Father. Come, let's reason together. Let's talk this thing through. Why do you think they're not getting healed? (laughs) I don't want to answer that, Lord. (laughs) You don't want to answer it? (laughs) No, I don't. (laughs) Let's do that this year. Because I don't want to send any more people away. Say, man, I came to the place that's supposed to have the answers, and I didn't get them from them. So, Jesus, if you can, if I can, (laughs) what do my disciples do to you? (laughs) So, execute justice, make wrong things right, love mercy, have compassion. From heaven's point of view, and walk humbly with our God. You think we can do those this year? Make it a make it a uh, at the front of our mind that as a church we're going to do these things, because the Bible says if we do it, if we spend ourselves on those that need help, if we give ourselves to the poor, if we sacrifice and meet their needs, then it says the the light your light will shine. And healing will come to you quickly. And you'll call on me and I will immediately answer. Here am I. I'm right here. How many of you want to do that this year? Honestly. Don't raise your hand through peer pressure. Positive peer pressure. There's a heart, there's a heart connection that has to happen here. Where I really say i got to do this. This is who I am. This is who I'm called to be. Why don't you stand with us. And we're, I'm going to pray that God causes this to burn inside of us. Why don't you right now just seek God. Just ask Him to do this in us. Lord, we're asking you now to come into this room and sear our conscience. Said freely we receive, now freely give. God, I ask that you'd help us as a church to step into that. And I believe the key to it, Lord, is compassion. It's to really love in people. God, I ask that you baptize us now with the love and compassion for others, for mercy, where people don't get what they deserved. They get forgiveness, they get healing, they get what what they don't get what they deserve. They don't get what they've paid for in their life, but they get something that's different. It's what you did for us at the cross. We didn't get the punishment we deserve. We got eternal life. We got abundant life in Christ. We got all these things. Lord, we've received that freely. We did nothing to get it. Help us to give it away freely. Left and right, let us just give it away. Let us just leak everywhere we go the kingdom, God. Let us look for opportunities to meet people's needs, to not pray for them, but to heal them. why well, you put your hand on your heart and just pray for your heart you know you know the theme for today just pray for your heart seriously our hearts have to be touched it has to be changed we need a heart transplant we need your heart God I'm going to pray what David prayed Lord creating us clean and a pure heart Lord renew a right spirit in us Lord Come on, why don't you pray out loud till you hear your voice? Come on. God, we have to have you. We have to have more of you. This has to be not something we say we believe. It has to be something we demonstrate. Our world deserves a demonstration. They deserve to have their kids healed. They deserve to have their marriages touched. They deserve to have better jobs, Lord, or have jobs, to have food on their table. Everyone deserves these things, Lord. Lord, I ask that you would help us to feel that way, to actually look for ways to bless others. Lord, not to be selfish people any longer, only seeing our family, only seeing our own needs. But God, let us begin to see the needs of others through your eyes. Give us new eyes, new heart, new ears this year, Lord. Help us to never go back to business as usual in this church, God. Help us to never return to what we've experienced. We're not saying we didn't love those moments that we didn't learn from you because what we learned and what we've been through has been a foundation for where we're going, so we love it. We don't don't look at, at the past with hate, but we want more, Lord. We want you to build on what you've taught us, and the next step we know for us as a church is to be supernatural, and what that means is for us to have true fasting, Lord. God, I pray we become a church of of prayer and fasting, that we do fast food, and we do fast other things that you ask us to do, but Lord, we even go beyond that, and we meet other people's needs, God. I want you to pray for your neighbor. Just put your hand on the shoulder and, and just bless them with that. With that prayer, we just pray the same thought, same theme. You're gonna hear it and hear it and hear it until it becomes second nature for us. We just speak healing in this room right now, Lord. We just even there are people in this room now that need compassion, and we release compassion in the room now, God. We release mercy. We release grace in this house, God. Help us to be able to meet needs, Lord. Help us to actually meet needs to be people that the world wants to come to us because they know we, we have results. We get results, God. That's what they're looking for. Help us to do it. God, bless everyone in this room with a, with a heart of gold, Lord, a heart just like yours. Oh, Lord, and now every opportunity that comes up, let them say, hey, my desire, what sustains me, my food, is to do the will of my Father. My desire, my food, what strengthens me is to do his will on earth as it is in heaven. God, we release that, that passion inside of us, Lord. I pray that as we pray, as we spend time with you, Lord, that this thing just becomes stronger and stronger, that it becomes more of a conviction in this church That's not just a theme, but it becomes a conviction that burns inside of us, that we literally look for ways to meet needs, God. We're going to close with a song. If you want special prayer, if you want to give your heart to the Lord, make things right with God, find someone right in it close to you right now and ask them, all right? And if not, there's, there's going to be people here at the front. We'll pray for you. But we want to end with this song because it closes out with, it's the theme of what we're talking about. The song's called God of Justice, all right? So if you know it, why don't you just sing it with us?
1: God of justice, the Savior to all, came to rescue The weak and the poor Chose to serve and not be served Jesus, you have called us Freely we receive now Freely we will give We must go live to feed the hungry stand beside the broken we must go stepping forward keep us from just singing move us into action we must go To act justly every day Loving mercy in every way Walking humbly before you, God You have shown us what you require Receive Now freely we will get, we must go, live to feed the hungry, stand beside the broken, we must go, stepping forward, keep us from just singing, move us into we must go. We must go. Let to feed the hung. Stand beside the broken. We must go. Stepping forward. Keep us from just singing. Move us into action. We must go. Fill us up and send us out. 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 Fill us up. Send us out, Lord Fill us up and send us out Fill us up and send us out Fill us up and send us out, us send us out Lord We must go Live to feed the hound Stand beside the throne We must go stepping forward, keep us from just singing, move us into action. We must go, we must go there to feed the. Stand beside the broken We must go Fill us up, send ourselves us up and send us Fill us up and send us Fill us up and send us out. Fill us up and send us out. Fill us up sin send Fill us up Stir it up in our hearts, Lord. Stir it up in our hearts, Lord. Stir it up in our hearts, a passion for your name. Stir Stir it up in our hearts, Lord. Stir it up in our hearts, Lord. Stir it up in our hearts, a passion for your name. to la <laughs>